Hello, romantics. Welcome to a very special bonus episode of It Pod to Be You. Uh, I'm your host, Manish Mather, and I have with me. Uh, returning guest and guest co-host Dave Giannini. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm looking forward to uh, doing something on your podcast that I've literally never done before. So if it's terrible, it's your fault, not mine. So <laughs> I'm putting mean... the blame squarely on your shoulders. Wow, that's so typical of you. <laughs> it really is. Um, <laughs> so instead of doing a regular episode, we are doing a commentary on a random comedy because uh, we're all very much bored being social distancing. And if you're listening to this, you better be isolating yourself and staying healthy and safe and not going out in public. Um, And to help you do that and to help pass the time, uh, we're doing a commentary. So a couple days ago, um, almost a week ago, I did a poll on my Twitter asking um, which Netflix or which romantic comedy that's currently streaming on Netflix should I do a commentary on? <laughs> and uh, the vote is actually a very close poll, but the results came in and it's a film that chosen by my followers. Um, almost about a hundred of you, I think yeah. uh, voted and um, they, you guys all chose chasing Amy, the Kevin Smith, um, LGBTQ queer film, I guess. <laughs> I mean, for 1997 sorry. and Kevin Smith? Yeah, yeah for 97. Come on. Yeah, yeah. So, um, this is the year I high school, so, like, this is... Wow, I was... Yes. Stop. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so, the movie is starring... Uh, jo- it's... Joey, is it Joey Lauren Adams or yes, Joey Laura right. Adams? Lauren. Lauren, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And Ben Affleck and Jason Lee. And uh, yeah, so we have queued it up to, um, we have both pressed pause at 14 seconds in. And uh, you'll see on the screen Miramax Films Presents. It's like right after the vanity plate with the piano and the city thing. Um, and so while we're waiting for you to queue it up, if you choose to watch the movie while listening to the commentary, uh, Dave, so you've seen this movie before, right? Oh, I've seen this movie a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've seen this movie, I would guess, about six or seven times. Um, there was a period oh, really? of time where I, like, I absolutely loved this movie, and I'm sure some of that will come through. Um, but yeah, I was yeah. a big Kevin Smith fan. Of course, you know, it kind of started with Clerks and Mallrats and all that. So I was very into the, the Viewisk universe. So it was, you know, uh, this was like an opening day movie for me. Definitely one I absolutely had to see. And it's going to be interesting to watch this because it's been, you know, a fair amount of time in between these watches. So it'll be interesting with 2020 eyes what this is going to look like. So. Yeah, I saw so I saw this movie for the first time in college. I'm guessing around 2009 or 2010, and um, 
So I'm not. I mean, I'm not like a big Kevin Smith fan. I mean, I feel like I haven't seen enough of his movies to be a fan or not a fan. Like, I've seen this before. I saw Dogma and um, what was the other one I saw? Um, I don't remember. It'll come to me, but. Um, yeah, so I've seen, clearly I was not a huge fan of it because I don't remember what the name was, but yeah, like, I, this movie is very interesting. I watched it last night, um, it was my second time seeing it, and the first time in, like, ten years, and yeah, some of it's aged better than others, or some parts of it have aged better than others, but I think overall, like, I was kind of harsh on it, you know, when we were kind of talking about the poll, um, and, uh... I think it's, I'm seeing it more favorably now than I thought I would, but also there's some parts where I was like really pulling my hair out. Um, <laughs> so uh, I'm going to count down to three. I think it's been 14 seconds. So if you are watching along with us, you should be at 14 seconds on Netflix with about one hour, 52 minutes and 53 seconds left. So just so we're all on the same page. Um, and so I'm gonna count down three, two, one, play, and then we'll play when I hit play. When I say play, got it? <laughs> yes. God, I feel so stupid. Okay. Three, two, one, play. All right. So, um, I so I actually don't know like what view askew means like yeah I mean because I haven't seen like the clerks right or, yeah I mean it's just kind of like this loosely connected universe you know like you'll hear the same names you'll hear the same places a lot and of course I think the one yeah. constant is Jay and Silent Bob you know that's who you're gonna you know be shown throughout throughout these movies but it's you know it's a connected universe but not in a way where there's a bunch of sequels necessarily except for I guess Clerks two. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Yeah. So I, I used to get, um, Jay and Silent Bob confused with Bill and Ted. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Good uh, Lord. <laughs> because like, I, I did not grow up with these movies, right? Like, I, this is so not the things I was watching when I was little. And so I had no idea. So like Bill and Ted, I've no, I don't think I've ever even seen them the first or second one and so yeah i used to think they were the same and yeah <laughs> now of course i know this is like back in like 2007 or whatever. right i also love that here we have but, this, yeah. like you get this cool kind of opening of course this is you know kevin smith's thing is you have all these kind of comic book splash pages because that is kind yeah. of his first love but i also like that in the very beginning you get those kind of newspaper clippings uh and you get like a little bit of backstory on these two guys pretty quickly you know you know it's a very it's a very cheap way to show not tell right we're not going to talk about you know how their comic yeah. book started necessarily but we're going to show like oh these kind of hometown boys made good and then we kind of get to see little bits of examples of the work uh that our lead characters have been doing here so i, I think that's it's a neat little thing and you can see after things like clerks and Mallrats, like you know, not huge leaps, but Kevin Smith growing a little bit as a filmmaker and trying some new things here. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this movie was, like, him trying to be, like, a lot more, like, adult or, like, serious, yes. right? Yeah, and I think From also, if I, I if I remember right, I think his brother is gay, so this was a, a big moment for him to try and tell a gay story, like something his brother could watch and see and see that he was accepting. And, you know, we'll, we'll talk about how well that works or doesn't, but I do think, as usual, yeah. Kevin Smith's heart is in the right place. So, and here you have, like, the most low-rent uh, Comic-Con ever, like... <laughs> 
it looks like it's just done in, you know, some dirt mall here, but you know, <laughs> you know, he probably didn't have a lot of money for this. So, and they're not, they're not yeah. Marvel, they're not DC, they're this small homegrown comic. comic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just found like this part of the movie very charming. Yes. Um, but like, I don't know. I also feel like, um, they're being so like typical about like comics fans. Yes. But I guess maybe back then, like, yeah, I guess back then it was like, this is this, like the cliche of comics readers were like, I guess. Yeah, and it helps that he's kind of making fun of himself, too, right? Like, it's just... Yeah. Yeah, this is me. That's fine. Oh, see, there you have your Bill and Ted reference. They're like, Bill and Ted meets Chief and John. So there you go. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Here we have Banky. I think Banky's actually my favorite character in this movie. Yes. Aside from... I mean, Alyssa's great, but, like, um, Banky, like, surprisingly, I really liked him as a character because, like... Um, even though he's, like, so outwardly homophobic in a way, but in, in a way that I found very, like, interesting and... Uh, it's weirdly charming, right? Like, yeah. it somehow works. And yeah. I, you know, of course, I think, you know, it helps that Kevin Smith gives him all the best lines in the movie. Like, any line that you can think of from here, you know, there's one that's about to happen about the, you know, draw draw a chalk line around your... I'll trace a chalk line around your dead body. Like, you get a lot of that stuff from Banky. So he gets yeah. the most memorable, funny bit. You know, and then you, you know, I love also like kind of going back in time to 1997. No one knew who Casey Affleck was. So seeing him show up in a little cameo here in the very beginning as like, I guess, probably a favor to Ben. <laughs> like, this is, this is kind of cool yeah. to see. Yeah, what a what an adorable little sexual harasser. No, he was so cute. Mm. <laughs> it is kind of tragic, but, you know, that's where we are Uh-oh. now. 2020. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, there's your uh, dead body line. That's yeah. pretty funny, actually. It's so good. It's so good, and it sets up his character so well from the very, very yeah. Point, you know, like, um, yeah. It's it's so funny, like, uh, like this movie in terms of like, uh, like a story about like friendship, I guess, mm-hmm. and these like these two, uh, because they have such a like. I don't know. They have a very complicated friendship, and it just seems like one's always kind of like it seems like Ben Affleck's always kind of bailing out Jason Lee. Yes, yes, absolutely. and stuff like that. Like you tell like who's the like who's like the mature one, but also it's like well, who's actually mature? You know? Yeah, absolutely. I think one of these characters is very honest and very genuine about who he is, and the other one yeah. is putting up a little bit of a you know the better picture of who he can be. You know, so it, it that balances out really well, and I think it it's actually a really good look at male friendship. Actually, I think it is actually relatively complex, especially for a Kevin Smith film. Like it really kind of delves deep into that. Yeah. Um, what would you say is your favorite Kevin Smith movie? Oh, Dogma. Or at least, like, what Dogma, was your, I think, is, Dogma? My, is my favorite because I think it it really kind of delves into kind of who Kevin Smith is as a person given his, like, religious background. And I also have a similar religious background. And it's got, you know, I think Damon and Affleck in their best kind of comedic forms there. They get to, like, kind of yeah. chew on some monologues. And, you know, someone actually, you know, made the mistake of giving Kevin Smith a budget. So, you know, you got Angel Wings and, you know, there's there's all kinds of stuff going on in that movie. So that's my favorite, even though it's it's very different from a lot of a lot of his other films. But it's still got that similar humor. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, of the few that I've seen, um, I like Dogma a lot. I need to rewatch it. I just remember the, the other one I saw was Zach and Mary make a porno, which I thought was actually a really sweet movie when I saw it. Yeah, the movie that failed. Um, like, that was supposed to be his big yeah, kind of breakout, and like, he was going to get huge breakout, budgets after yeah. this, and it did not happen, unfortunately. Well, that he made Cop Out. Yeah, which no one saw. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> also, really, I find the setup of this, of this character really interesting, of Dwight, that, like... You know, at yeah. first, like, you know, I assume anyone who is listening to this has seen this movie before, so it's not this huge twist, but he, like, shows yeah. up as this kind of black militant, violent man, uh, and then becomes something very different very quickly after everyone clears the room. So I kind of like that. I like that setup of, like, you know, you have to be someone you're not in order to make it if you're not a straight white guy. Right. And I, I like the yeah, fact that Kevin Smith is playing with that throughout this movie with all these different characters. Yeah. I mean, um, Dwight is, he's also like a character that I forgot was in the movie until I watched it again. And I remember that, like, um, and yeah, it's interesting because he not only has to like pretend to be something he's not, but like, this is so extreme. Like, he's like pulling the gun out and like <laughs> yeah. shooting into the audience, basically ruining the entire panel for everyone else. Yep. <laughs> yep. But he's got to, he's got to play his part, you know? This is what the people yeah. expect. So it's. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's funny. Like, he's talking about like performing for like white men or whatever, but essentially he's doing that too, but on his yep. own terms, I guess. Yeah. And I love that during yeah, all this, Alyssa knows the deal. So she's just sitting yeah. there like, here we go again. You know, <laughs> like it's and actually this is I mean, this sounds like damning with faint praise, but I think this is Joey Lauren Adams, probably it's some of her best work. And I think she's really, really good here. And it's and it's a really challenging role because there are some things later on in the movie that are especially in 2020, a little difficult uh, for us to process uh, in a slightly yeah. more queer friendly world, but I think she handles it. You know, get, she has she has to deal with what she's working with as far as the story and the dialogue. But I think she does a really good job. Yeah, I mean, so she got a Golden Globe nomination for this. Um, oh wow, I didn't remember that comedy. Wow. Yeah, and um, on IMDb, I think I read or somewhere I read that like she was like really close to getting a Best Actress nomination at the Oscars. Wow, that would have been amazing. And like. Because, um, like, this is exactly the, the kind of role that, like, gets a lot of attention. Yes. Uh, just because it's such a, like, stars born type performance. I'm not too familiar with her outside of this film, but, like, um, yeah, I mean, it's, this is such a, like, this is the kind of performance that really grabs attention. Yes, absolutely. Uh, just because, like, it's so honest. It's so real. You know, but it's yeah. so funny, too, but it's very like, raw. Yeah. And um, yeah, absolutely. I, I oh think God, the other thing, cute. chick stuff, but cute. <laughs> I think the the other <laughs> thing that uh, people probably know her from is probably like Dazed and Confused. That was kind of her big breakout. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, but this was like you know a real role that she could really kind of sink her teeth into here, and I think she's she's great. Yeah, I mean, I definitely want to go through her career at some point um, because, like. <laughs> I mean, you don't really see her that often anymore, do no, you? No, absolutely not. Also, like, this is like <laughs> seeing Ben Affleck in 1997. Like, 
like Ben Affleck, obviously very good looking dude, but like he just like fits that yeah. mold of like the late nineties, like sloppy white guy. Like it just, it's yeah, it's, his face, his hair, it's like this perfect time capsule. The facial hair, for 19, yeah, especially like, like I had yeah. that goatee in nineteen ninety seven. Oh it's, it's I bet you look, look so cute with that. You gotta find a picture and send it. To oh, they're me. out there. They're out there for sure. I'll send it to you. You just can't share it with anyone. Oh my god. I... <laughs> okay, so this Archie Comics. Um, conversation I think is so fascinating mm-hmm. because like these are the kind of things that like like now like people talk about on social media of like oh like you know like like queer baiting thing or like shipping characters yeah and just like the way that um, Banky takes it like so personally yes is so interesting to me and like it's, it's really like it's, I mean you'll hear sorry, go these ahead. you'll hear these arguments every time someone goes what if we cast random comic book character as a gay character and then yeah the the fanboys lose their minds and that's exactly what's happening here and you can tell. Kevin Smith is really in tune with that community. He has been a comic yeah. book fanboy for his whole life. And I think this is kind of this kind of his way of processing a little bit of that. Like he's got family who is gay, he's got friends that are gay, and yet he's a part of this community that's a little toxic when it comes to anybody of a different different sexuality. So he really locks into yeah. this in this scene. And I think it's, you know, it's interesting because for decades and decades and decades, this is what gay people have had to do. We've had to kind of make shit up and be like, well, what if this this, means that and that means this? And this is a really interesting way of doing it where you have this gay character who's so confident about it. Not like, well, if it was like this, it would be great. He's like, no, 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 no. He's a queen. That's why he has the crown. Like, it's, it's, it's amazing. Like, and again, like some, you know, this is Kevin Smith's strength. This is dialogue. He... He is great with dialogue. Maybe it's not naturalistic. It's very, it's very, it feels very much out of a play. Like everything is this huge monologue because he's got something cool to say. You know, he's not maybe great with the actual conversational piece, but very memorable stuff here. And I feel like his characters have this like distinct voice to them. Like, they just, like, just, like, the way they joke around, like, their banter, like, even just, like, this, I mean, this scene here is so minor, right? It's just, like, you know, um, like, this, like two people are, like, virtual strangers, just, like, kind of chatting, getting to know each other. But it's just so funny and mm-hmm. unique. And, like, I love it. It's, like, I don't play professionally. I only play in bars. <laughs> <laughs> It's a great so line. Funny. And it's like yeah. it's a charming line, but not so charming that you're like, oh, yeah, this is a movie star line. Like it still feels like yeah, something yeah. a normal guy would say. And you bring up this right. idea that like, you know, he writes this great dialogue and it's really noticeable, like a Kevin Smith a bit. Um, and I find it interesting that sometimes Kevin Smith gets shit on a little bit for that, whereas someone like Quentin Tarantino – is like, oh my god, he's such a genius. That's yeah, a Tarantino speech. And Kevin Smith is doing the same thing. There's just a lot more dick and fart jokes in it. Like it's but it's very yeah. stylistic and it's a choice. So I don't know if you just noticed, but a man just came out of the woman's. <laughs> I love room. that bit. I think I didn't notice that and until like the fourth I, time I saw this. <laughs> like Yeah, and then I think a woman's about to go in the men's room or yep. come out. But like that's I, that's I mean, to me it's like as um as kind of heavy-handed some of this, like, gender stuff might be, like, it's little subtle things like that that I think really... Mm-hmm. Like, you wouldn't even notice in this. Like, I only noticed it because I read it in the IMDb trivia. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think, but, and when I first noticed it, I was like, oh, he's just, you know, he's goofing around. But like, now that I've watched it yeah. a couple more times, I'm like, I think he's weirdly like, it's not a, you know, a real subtle point, but he's playing with gender here. He's playing with expectations. Yeah. And that's what this whole movie is. And Kevin Smith, for all of his faults, I, he has a great sense of humor about people who were upset about this movie. Because uh, yeah. I remember watching, you know, he did these like, tours to all these colleges, I remember watching a video of it, and someone asked him, like, hey, are you ever going to do a science fiction movie? He's like, didn't you see Chasing Amy? That was my science yeah. fiction movie. Like, it's nonsense. I know that now. And not a lot of creators would be that cool about it. A lot of them would be really, really defensive. And he has chosen to listen instead, which is so yeah. rare, especially, let's be real, for a white guy creator to just shut up and listen. <laughs> To anyone yeah. else, so I find that really cool and charming that he's willing to do that. Yeah, yeah, and um, I, mean, I got to say, like, I actually really like this first like half of the film. Oh yeah, and you know, I think we'll get to the point when it kind of dovetails for me. But okay, <laughs> um, yeah, because like not dovetails, but like it just becomes the movie I don't want it to become. Sure. Whereas sure. like this, I kind of like this sort of exploration of like. You know, I mean, I, even at this point, like, we don't even know technically, um, like, what, you know, like, we just think we're watching a cute romance about, you know, this, these two comic book writers. Right. But, um, like, I kind of like this, like, the dialogue I like, the characters I like. Um, and even the fact that they're, like, comic book writers seems so, like, I don't like it. I also find it a little hacky when writers write writers, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> Right. Um, but even like this, like, it feels very, like, fresh because, like, I guess I just, I hadn't seen it before. Or, like, this is, like, one of the few times, you know, when you have, like, comic writers. Mm-hmm. And um, so just, like, and, like, their vision of, like, what their book is is kind of very, like, specific. I mean, it's just their lives, I guess. But, yeah, it's just, I, know, I really like this half. And I like, I mean, I really like Dwight a lot, who Yes. Absolutely. Um, I also love this shot yeah. here where the two of them working together because, it, again, it like in a very simple way gives you some context where this is not someone who like someone writes and then they ship it off to the other person and then they draw it. You know, these are people who are yeah. constantly working together like they are never apart. They work all day together. They go out together. They, hang out they to live yeah. together. You find out later. I mean, it's just constant. So that friendship is really, really close. You know, and I, I like yeah, so that, that shine, that together. set really works. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, oh, we just have this one of my favorite lines. It's like, how do, you an- how do you answer a question? No, it's like, how do you start a question with the same? You know what? He's like, Alyssa's <laughs> going to be there. Alyssa, you know? I yeah. can't remember the exact line, but I thought it was a really funny line. <laughs> It's like, or how do you like start end the sentence with the same word? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, you know, I actually like weirdly. I kind of, uh, I always recoil at the the f word, you know, that just got dropped in the scene with our yeah. with two of our lead characters. But I think it weirdly shows some courage to actually have a character that you are going to care about use a slur like that is so you know you have some work to do with this character especially if you're not homophobic right homophobic people probably thought this was hilarious and then were in for quite a surprise by the end of this movie but like they just he just drops it in regular conversation but that is especially in the you know mid to late 90s very common like this was used all the time so i'm kind of glad he didn't sugarcoat any of these moments 
Yeah. Um, oh my god, this is so embarrassing. <laughs> ben Affleck trying oh, to like dance. twerk, I guess. It's amazing. It is. <laughs> <laughs> and again, but it's that the stuff you only do with your best friends. Like he would never do this yeah. in public. Like he would never I just love like we're gonna find out soon that this is a gay bar, but you walk into a place called yeah. the Meow Mix and nothing. <laughs> nothing triggered for you like come on but again these are guys who are so outside that world that like other than dwight here don't have any gay friends they don't have any people they talk to well not only are they like outside their world but they're so in their own world right yes so like they're so like bubbled in you know and so they just have no they wouldn't even consider that like they two straight white guys would be invited to a gay bar without being told you know And not in the fact that, like, I mean, you see women in the background together and, like, on the dance floor, there's all women. Mm-hmm. And they just, like, don't even notice because all they're seeing are, like, hot girls, I guess, that yeah, they can, exactly. like, hit on. I mean, look at Ben Affleck trying to, like... <laughs> <laughs> it's incredible. Like, and that's the like, thing... It's so charming, though. <laughs> it is. It's, like, you know, geeky charming. Like, you're kind of clumsy. Yeah. You're, you know, you're, like, a regular guy. Like, um... Yeah. But it is interesting, like, the only thing that that comes off a little false is like, unless Dwight is trying to like really mess with his mind, which is totally possible. Uh, Cause there's a certain amount of pettiness in our, in our communities. But m- I think yeah. most people would be like, Hey, just so you know, before you come out here, like this is a queer bar. There's going to be yeah, queer people. Yeah. So don't fucking embarrass me. <laughs> like, But instead he just doesn't tell him. It's like, Oh yeah, Alyssa's going to be there anyway. See you there. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> well, cause I feel like, I feel like, Dwight like knew that he was into her. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, he's and not so exactly, he was like he's not exactly hiding it. Like he's like moving. Yeah. Over. <laughs> but, like he's like setting. He's like setting him up to like get that hint, I guess. But yeah. And I yeah, love. I, actually, <laughs> I love that the idiot is starting to figure it out way more than our supposed like smart lead character. Yeah, he's yeah. kind of looking around like there's a lot of chicks here, man. That's weird. Mm-hmm. And you can, like, see the gears turning. Slowly, but yeah. they're turning. <laughs> I mean, David, who's the idiot? Who's the smart one? This friendship. That's the, I mean, that's a big question. It is the big question. I also like that it's, you know, and I think this is really, this is actually very real, where, like, two people meet, two strangers meet, and they find out they're from the same neighborhood. Like, that's a big deal, where all of a sudden now, yeah. all of a, immediately, they have a hundred things to talk about. And this is the yeah. US Universe thing popping up. There was a line about the Quick Stop Girl. That's a reference to Clerks. Like, so there's lots of, there's yeah. lots oh, of little, okay. yeah. little things dropped here, for sure. So, um, I love this girl, or this woman, <laughs> on, on the mic. Um, only because, like, she's just, like, has such a cool look, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know when, like, women just, like, look cool? Because, like, I don't know, just, like, the way they, like, like carry them. I guess, like, mm-hmm. it's men, too, but, like, there's just that, like, kind of, like, cool 90s chick thing. <laughs> yeah, oh, so yeah, cool. for sure. She definitely I just, like, want to be her friend. Actually, all these people, right, <laughs> on the stage, I just want to be their friend. I want them to think I'm cool. Dude, there's nothing cooler than, like, a 90s girl band. Like, that was... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I am with you 100%. Absolutely. And, I, you know, it's I've heard a bunch of interviews with Joey and Lauren Adams, like, about her voice, because she has a very distinctive voice. She's got the very high-pitched voice. And, of course, you know, a lot of people told her to change it. And then one acting coach told her, like, no, don't you dare. This is – you're a – 
skinny, blonde, pretty girl. This is the only thing that sets you apart from every other skinny, blonde, pretty yeah. girl. So do not get rid of this at all. So now, but I also really like her, her singing performance here. Like, I think it actually yeah. really works because they set it up like, oh, she's going to be terrible. You know, with this introduction right. from this other girl, but like it's actually pretty good yeah. and sets up like a like one of my favorite bits, my favorite physical bits in the whole movie, where Holden thinks he is being pointed at and being sung to. Oh yeah, and it's just, uh, it is just priceless to see him crumble after he realizes what's going on. Yeah, so uh, Becky just said like this is so gay, <laughs> and like. Um, it's so, it's like so funny because like he's so right, but he is. he's like for the wrong reason. He's like right for the wrong reason. <laughs> yeah. yeah, smoking in bars, Manish. This is oh, it's God. blowing my mind. Like oh, the nineties, a simpler time. <laughs> God, you know, like I was like, I mean, I was so I was such a young little baby when this movie came out. Unlike some people, you're like in third grade. Jesus. <laughs> But, like, I, like, I don't know, every time I watch a movie from the 90s, especially, like, a movie like this, where it's, like, very, like, cool people, mm-hmm. just, like, being cool, I'm like, man, I wish I lived in the 90s. <laughs> or, like, I wish I was, like, this age in the 90s, no, you know? You do not. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> I find that very interesting, because I look at this and I feel deep shame for the 90s, when I look, like, the fashion and the everything. It's just yeah, like, it's oh, so cool, boy. <laughs> But it is, you know, it is a time capsule for sure. But then again, like I look at things from like the early 80s, late 70s, and I'm like, oh, that's so cool. What a cool time. And I'm sure people who live through those times are like, eh, you know, it's fine. But like, it's just, it's just the time, man. It's not, it's not a big deal. So I think it's natural to have that weird nostalgia for something you never experienced. Like, oh, that would have been cool. That's where I was meant to be. And, like, I really wish that I, like, had seen this, like, in when it came out because, like, just to see, like, if, like, people picked up on this, like, girl on the front, you know, Kim, as we'll find out. Or is it, you know, like, do people think that it's just, like, some random extra? No, I think it's, like, so pick obvious. Up on it because, like, I think if you're paying attention to what everything yeah. is white is kind of putting down in the scenes previous yeah. this, this moment with Ben Affleck, like, feeling himself up is just... <laughs> <laughs> the greatest like so he is good. into it into it i love it yeah like and you don't see a lot of um a lot of male performers who would do that you know that yeah. is not a very masculine moment and like oh the big kiss yeah great it's just fantastic you know and you get like, ben affleck you know shyly like no and then like everything comes to a head and it's incredible yeah <laughs> I this almost filmed like a David Lynch scene with like the just yes. kind of the this um, <laughs> discordant music and this yep. like very extreme close up and <laughs> Banky's kind of goofy smile. Oh, it's amazing! Just, like, oh wait, yeah. And then every <laughs> Banky is just like you know, and when and you put it all together, too. this is yeah. Like, it's so people funny. will people will talk a lot of trash about Kevin Smith. He just kind of sets up the camera and lets it work. But like this moment where he kind of pans across the room, and yeah, he shows. The literally he's showing the thought process and it dawning on him and it's it's a really well filmed moment. It's also very well acted by Jason Lee. Like I think he's, yeah. he's great in this role. But like there's some work being done by the director here, so let's give him a little bit of credit. No, I mean I think this whole like that whole sequence was so well well made. This is actually my favorite scene in the movie. 
Um, because I feel like this is like one of the famous scenes, right? Like this, like the kind of battle scar. Scene. Oh yes, yes. I mean, I'm trying to, like, um, and this is like, I mean, it's kind of stolen, right? Like, this is a Lethal Weapon two thing, I think. Uh, uh, I've never seen Lethal Weapon. Oh yeah, there's a scene sorry. with Mel Gibson and uh, Rene Russo where they're comparing scars, and, but in this, but that was all like cop stuff, right? And in this, it's oh, like sex okay. injuries, so it's like, but it works. It works really, yeah. really well. Yeah. 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 Um, and I also feel like a lot of this, like dialogue is just it feels revolutionary for the yeah. time, right? To like, like talk so how, openly like, about about yeah. lesbian sexuality, especially in a movie relatively, or at least a world in these films dominated by straight white guys. Like we're just going to talk about going down on girls and every, all the confusion and all the difficulties. Like, and it's actually. I'm very shocked at like how well written this is from her perspective. You know? Yeah. Like, I was like, who did you talk like, to, Kevin like, Smith, to write this? Yeah, yeah. And I also really like how um Joey Lauren Adams plays it because she's always kind of like half mocking them. Like she's not exasperated, yes. she's not offended, she's not gonna like She's not turning this into, like, this big political speech about, you know, like, women's sexuality. But she's just right. kind of, like, mocking them and kind of laying it on to them in, like, a very matter-of-fact way. Yeah, and gently, too. So, in, like, in the way that it like, like, kind of puts them... It feels like yeah. she's entertained by them. Like, it's just like, okay, let me... Yeah, exactly. This is a teachable moment. I'm not here to, like, make you feel yeah. bad. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> And because um, she's uh, yeah, she's just very like loose and open about it, which I I really like. And I find it interesting that like I mean we were kind of joking about this earlier, but like Banky like he comes across as like the idiot friend, right? But he's the one that's like maybe he's not like openly like you know pride parade accepting, but like he gets on her level way before yeah Ben Affleck does, you know, because Ben Affleck still is moping about his you know quote unquote dream girl, whatever, <laughs> like being a lesbian. <laughs> But Banky is just like just talking talking to her like an actual human being, and in a curious I mean, like, way, I right? Say he he's like asking her. questions. He's like he's yeah. not judging her. He's just like, okay, yeah, this is new to me, but let's talk. Whereas you know, as yeah. you mentioned, you know, Holden is over there just like crying in his beer. It's like, man, shoot his name. <laughs> yes, absolutely. It, it fits. It absolutely fits. It, it fits, but it's a little like it's a little on the, on the nose. nose, but. Like, you can't name a character Holden ever again. You're just like <laughs> it's you know. only it's only JD Salinger forever and ever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There was a movie with um, Jake Gyllenhaal and Jennifer Aniston, The Good Girl. Oh yeah, I remember and that got I'm like buzz. Sure she was Jake, gonna like win her Oscar. And yeah, so fell off. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, that. and Jake Gyllenhaal's name was Holden in that movie, I believe, and I believe they mentioned the book. In oh, the movie, boy. and I was like, I, I was like, this is a good movie, but that line is intense. <laughs> um, yeah. I think also interestingly, yeah, I mean, it's like this this conversation is actually teaching some really interesting lessons for people sexually. Like the idea of just like yeah. telling people what you want instead of like accepting bad sex or accepting a bad relationship. Just be like, no, this is what I want. This is what gets me off. And I love that that's where these two agree. Like these two that come from totally different worlds, you know, yeah. of them going like, yeah, that's all I want. Like, yeah, that's what I do now. You know, when I was in high school, I couldn't do that. But now here it is. And now we get to the all the all the injuries. So we get some 
some flashbacks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the flashback thing is weird, I think. I mean, I didn't, I mean, I'm just not sure why it was necessary to have a flashback. It's totally not. It's totally unnecessary. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I don't know. Maybe Kevin Smith felt like he had something to prove. Like, I got to do something. I can't just put the camera on these people and just you know, yeah. pan back and forth from camera one, camera two. Like, this is... <laughs> like, I don't know. That's... Uh, yeah, yeah, the flashbacks will add anything, but, you know, they also don't take away anything. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the I only mean, thing it does, it's like it's connecting the the body part to where they're pointing, so it feels a little bit more real instead of people just making yeah. stuff up. But, like, yeah, I mean, I, I think if, you know... If I was going to make this, I don't think I would include the flashbacks because they're not they're not doing a lot of things interesting visually. It's just kind of black and white to show you that's in the past. And it's like, uh, you know, yeah, right. (laughs) And I also love that we have our our standard like heterosexual white dude um, talking about sex. But you could tell also that like in a twist, the guy is really into going down on women. You know, like, yeah. he talks a lot about it. And I'm like, hey, that's actually a nice twist on this. Usually you don't get that. Usually it's just like, as she mentioned, jackhammering away, not noticing the bored look in their eye. Like, you could tell he's he's still in tune with the women that he's been with. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, and he has that great line, like, I always notice. I always notice like, how that, bored they are. <laughs> that bored, bored look in their eyes. <laughs> that's really funny. Yeah, yeah. And this is, again, Becky gets all the best lines. Like, he is, you know. Yeah. And it's interesting, like... Uh, there's been a lot of interviews with Kevin Smith where he's kind of talked about like anytime someone says, well, you know, he said this terrible thing. I'm like, yeah. And he says, yeah, Banky is the fool. He's not yeah. someone you're supposed to like take everything he says and be like, well, that's the truth. Like you're supposed right. to, you got to dig a little deeper. And it's weird to say that in a Kevin Smith movie. But really, you do have to dig a little deeper here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And. I mean, he is a fool, but I think Holden is the bigger fool. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, he's a fool, but Holden's a fucking dumbass. Like, he's just, like, yeah. so stuck in his little world. Like, like it's so, uh, yeah, he's so rude, but, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, Potser, is that a phrase that I, from the 90s, is that a New Jersey thing? I think it's a Jersey thing, because I don't recognize yeah. it. Like, it's... Yeah, so I think there's a lot of that in his movies. Like, it's interesting. He yeah. makes he makes no effort really to like make things understandable to people like not in that region. Like, it is a very yeah. it's a very Jersey world that he's created because that's what he's lived in. Like, and then we have like maybe the most offensive, you know, some of the most offensive stuff, you know, like you know, all any woman needs really. <laughs> Or any person needs. Yeah. Dick. Like, but oh, also, like, God. I believe that someone in this time period, in this region, in this. Oh, I've heard life, that. I mean, I've heard I in totally the nineties. I heard that yeah. constantly. Like, that is a thing yeah. that people believe. You know, and it's just like, uh, no, some people are just lesbians. Like, and that's okay. And here we get our Matt Damon cameo as the like nodding guy in the background here, which is a great little <laughs> moment. Like, just, like all these, you forget that like before all these guys were stars, like they were just friends making movies, you know? So you, yeah. Yeah. Damon and Affleck in the same shot. So. I know. Oh my God. Oh, Matt Damon. <laughs> he looks so young there. He looks, he always looks young. Yeah. But he looks like a baby. In this, like, yeah, it's just, even younger than like Goodwill Hunting, like, oh my god, it's it's a lot. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, this is so like just. Yeah, she's so charming. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this these couple scenes coming up uh, are probably her best. Like where she just kind of lays it all out for him, which makes it kind yeah. of a shame when things switch up. Later, we have our big romantic comedy moment later. But I love this stuff. Like, as you mentioned, like, the first half of this movie is, like, I mean, for what it is, like, almost perfect. Like, there's almost no missteps here. Um, yeah. And a lot of that, a lot of this is because of her performance. And I think Ben Affleck is also really good here. And, of course, that seems obvious now because Ben Affleck has had a pretty great career. But this is 1997. Yeah. Well, like, nobody really knew who he was or who Joey Lauren Adams was. So, like, you see this scene on the, on the kind of swing set now, and you're like, oh, of course this is good. But I remember watching this in the theaters and thinking, like, oh, my God. Because all I'd seen Ben Affleck in, I think, again, was in Days and Confused and in Mallrats, where, you know, he plays essentially a, a rapist. Like, this is, you know, yeah. so this is, like, a very soft portrayal here. And he is actually listening here, even though he's still hurt and he doesn't want to hear it. I like the fact that he's still willing to listen and she's willing to just kind of lay it all out on the line for him. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, she's so open and just like, Hey, like I want to be friends. Um, and she's also just like, it's so funny. Have you talk about like, okay, well, like what's our obligation and like educating people, right. When they're like having these like problematic or retrograde toxic, you know opinions right and like i'm most of the line of thinking that like it's really none of our obligation to like correct anyone just because like nine times out of ten they're not willing to listen and you're and you're just gonna be wasting your energy and your time right i think think um, intent matters so much like i think you can tell that holden like he wants to be accepting He's hurt because yeah. like, he was attracted to a girl, ends up he can't have her, and we've all gone through that. Like, we've been attracted to someone, and like, oh, actually, they're not into me specifically, or into me generally, in this case. But yeah. he, still, he still is willing to talk to her, and he still kind of laughs when she gives him, like, a rash of shit about what he did, because he knows he was behaving inappropriately, you know? And so that's why I love yeah. this scene on the, on the swing set, is you get – there's a little bit of humor – but, like, she's doing most of the talking and he's doing most of the listening. Yeah. Um, and I, I, love, I love that, like, the word standard keeps getting mm-hmm. um, used just because, like, it's such a good word for, like, the way he's been, like, brought up or the way he thinks about, you know, sex and dating and love. And, yeah. And the and way that most of Kevin's audience has been brought up, right? Yeah. I mean, like, so this yeah. is not only an education moment for Holden, but it's really an edu- – it's supposed to be, I think, an education moment for all of the Kevin Smith fans out there. And I think, you know, having a brother again who is gay was an education moment for Kevin. And now he's like, oh, let me broaden it and let me actually share this experience that I had. And I had to open up my mind so everyone else should too. And this is so funny, like her. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Like this, actually, this this hand motion, like maybe the most quotable moment in the entire film. Yeah. Like it is yeah. brilliant. And I love, I also really love his reaction. Like he is so, what? <laughs> like he just can't. 
He just can't process it. And this is this is what happens, like, not only when you talk to straight people about gay stuff, but when you talk to vanilla people about kinky stuff, where it's just like, yeah. why would you do that? I don't understand. Yeah. And again, yeah, that's yeah, not yeah. the norm, and that is their reaction to it. Exactly, yeah. And just, like, her frankness is so yeah. appealing. So, I mean... She says that she was never really attracted to men, right? Or did I mishear that line? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, I guess we can talk about this a little later, but... Um, I mean, like, she's a liar. I, she, I mean, is she actually, like, lying? Or, like, I don't... I mean, it seems like she is, but at the same time, like, she really has no reason to. So I thought that she's, like, sugarcoating the truth a little. You know. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's a weakness of this movie is that moment in particular. Um, yeah, you know, because you you know, of course, you find out later that she has a you know a history with men, a sexual history with men, and but I also yeah. get why she does it. Right, she's not trying to give him because in her mind right now she's like no interest in this dude. That's not that's not going to happen. A sexual relationship's not going to happen. So why why give him this little bit of hope? Why go like, oh, yeah, I've been with men before, but I just don't do it anymore. Then he's going to be like, oh, maybe I'm the guy. Maybe there's a chance. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like it's a it's a lie of like kindness, I think, more than anything else. Yeah. And, and if the movie never takes the turn that it does and you still find out that she's with she has been with men, then I think I'm still OK with it. But like the the turn is a, it's a little rough. And we'll, we'll get to that for sure. Like we'll get to that. Yeah. Because it's also nice to just see a movie about, like, two people becoming friends. Yeah. Right. And, like, I mean, how genuine he is on that end of being friendly with her and not, like, you know, like, there's always a thing of, like, is he actually just trying to get with her? Even yeah, see, the I don't, I don't think so. Friend? Like, I think it's a I don't genuine think so either. friendship. And actually, like, you know, we've yeah. talked about this movie before, but it reminds me of that kind of intermediate section in When Harry Met Sally. Where it's like yeah, two yeah. people of the opposite opposite sex who are just actually genuinely friends, you know, like the way they're talking on the phone in this scene. Like, yeah, there's he has this, you know. I think Ben Affleck has this permanent smirk, like he just can't not have that creepy smirk on his face, uh, right? But, so I don't think he's trying to play it like he like you know desperately wants to be with her, but it is this kind of. It's also an interesting play on the kind of like this a new friendship. And for the for yeah. all for what we know, there, there's only this one friendship, and now someone is kind of encroaching on that. Uh, so it's you yeah, know, we get the jealousy angle too, uh, which is great because he is kind of treating Banksy like shit, uh, Banky like shit in this moment, like just kind of yeah. like yeah, I'm leaving, sorry, figure it out, you know. Not great. wait, is Banky Banksy? <laughs> yeah, no, right. <laughs> this is the big secret. We've revealed it on, <laughs> on you. <laughs> Basically the same thing. Yes. He's not just a tracer. He's a true artist. Oh, man, I knew it. <laughs> and, like, this scene is just so, so sweet. It is. It's like, I mean, I think it's interesting. I kind yeah. of wish, I mean, I don't think he ever will, but it would be interesting to see Kevin Smith do a, like, a straight up romantic comedy, like not one with an edge, not one with a, yeah. with a gay switch, you know, not one with a porno being film, but just like a straight up romantic comedy. Cause he really has a good handle on the tropes of that genre. 
You know, like this yeah. this scene, like with them playing skee ball and like you know figuring it all out. Like this <laughs> is this is classic rom com stuff. Like I would watch a whole movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean this this is the kind of scene that like yeah every romantic comedy should have. You know, yes, absolutely. And just like it's I'm sorry, <laughs> it's so funny when she throws it overhead. <laughs> It's incredible. <laughs> she's such a like tiny. She's just, like tiny person. Yes, you know, like she's like probably barely five feet tall. I guess. Right. Exactly. And she's so petite. And so it's like her throw is just so powerful. <laughs> yes, it's it's and, great. And there's a great yeah. line in there about like you know this is the first time that uh this is the first time I'll probably leave here and not get laid. Like this is like Spanish fly. Like it's a great bit. You yeah. Know? Like and like as the movie goes on, and I think to its credit. Affleck gets more and more charming. Here he shows up in a Chris Evans like sweater just to like. Ruin. I was gonna say, yeah. <laughs> like wow. Yes. Holden walks so that ransom could run. That's right. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I also like that we get this kind of like sequence of of moments between them, so you don't. It, yeah. You know, some of it's a little cheap, right? You don't have to do the work of like building and building and building this friendship. You just get these cute little moments with them together, you know, and I, but I think it really, really works. And I think it yeah. takes away any awkwardness that you would have in the dialogue where you're just showing these fun moments that these friends are having together. And then like, you can see her falling in lo- falling for him. Yep. But like in a way you're kind of um, like dismiss it because, you know, right now you're thinking, well, she's just she's just like a cool cool person who just is like very friendly and open and honest but yeah, yeah. but you can see it i mean that's really chris evans sweater isn't it looks just it like looks it looks exactly like it it's crazy wow. and i don't think i ever noticed it until <laughs> watching it this time and it doesn't really fit yeah. with the rest of his with the rest of his outfits wardrobe like, yeah Absolutely. But he's slowly really being changed it, no. for her. See, but now he's back in like the kind of like flannel and t shirt and jeans and boots. Like yeah. nothing new. <laughs> like, oh my god, these jeans are so funny. Yes. I also like that they keep throwing these moments with Banky in there where he's saying offensive stuff constantly. Yeah. And it's so much more noticeable not only to Holden, but to us now, because we're in the midst of this yeah. like friendship slash love story going on. You know, so now Banky has become this figure of just kind of like, dude, you can't say that. What's wrong with you? Yeah, yeah. And there's like this whole like, you know, I mean, like, you know, the whole thing of like men calling on other men yeah. on stuff. And it's like, it's such a like important thing for us to do. But for some reason, hold and doesn't it feels very like, you know, capital M male, capital F feminist. You know what I mean? Like that whole <laughs> yes, stereotype. Yes. And I wonder if it's because it feels like he's doing it for the wrong reasons. Like he's only doing it yeah, because it now is. he suddenly has a friend slash romantic interest that that would get Yeah, him. no, he's I mean, not that's doing what it, it is. Because like, he was never offended before, you know? And no. it's just like and it'd be I'm one sure, thing, yeah, I'm sure it'd be one thing if he owned yeah. it and said, like, hey, I never really realized it before, but now that I have a friend who's gay, like, that's not appropriate, dude. We shouldn't do that. You know? Like, I, I don't know. No, like but he's it. definitely being, like, a white knight right now. Yes. You know, like, yes. him saying gay bashing just feels so, like, strange. Yeah. Yes. It all just sounds like a, a, like, speech he's prepared. Oh, yeah. You know he's I mean? ready like, for this, this is... moment. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think coming up, yeah, this is the like the four way stop, right? This is the 
Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my god, it is brutal. But I will say, many of my straight friends in the '90s, it was very. It's very interesting to watch this with them because I was out like as soon as I started high school, I was out. But a lot of my friends were straight. Um, and they just thought, of course, this scene was hilarious and Benke was the best. And it's so interesting to the, I love watching this movie with straight people. So I can just like look at their face when everything goes down at the end of this movie to see how yeah. they process it. Because earlier you're like, Oh, this guy's the best. He's so funny. He doesn't take any shit. He calls people names, blah, 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 blah. And then it all kind of comes to a head. Um, but this is again, one of your more quotable moments, you know, cause they don't yeah. fucking exist. Like it's, you know, and it has sorry, this idea no that, like, gay people ha- cannot be non-political. Like, it's like, no, you can just be... <laughs> you can just be gay. Yeah. It's okay. Uh, I'm sorry, there's no way he drew all this in that short time. <laughs> I remember like, watching this going like, wow, are very he's detailed. really good. <laughs> like, <laughs> why is he wasting time tracing? This is... <laughs> yeah. Well done. But, like... This stereotype of, like, sort of the man-hating, you know, I mean, I hate to use the word dyke, but, like, that whole, like, st- like cliche is, like, I felt, like, so real from this time. Like, even oh, yeah. for just from, like, sitcoms, like, they wouldn't use that word, but it would always be that, like, angry butch, like, yep. character on, like, Will and Grace or, like, Home Improvement or whatever. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And you just, like, understood it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. This ha- this this That's like easy. apartment yeah. is also like just like the straightest whitest apartment that has ever lived. Like not only their own yeah. work on the wall, but like the the Wonder Bread thing. Like it's it's a lot. Like I remember like the second or third yeah. time I watched it, just spending a lot of time looking at everything that was on the walls. You got you know the the pot lamp in the background. Like it's like yeah. Oh my god! Someone needs to come and change everything about that apartment. I know. I really don't want to look in their fridge. Oh, no, 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 no. Absolutely not. Is he wearing a Shazam shirt? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yep. I mean, that fits, right? I see. I knew like... that because I saw the 2019 <laughs> film Shazam. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that Holden, again, is like supposed to be like the more well-put-together of the two, you know? And he's, he's like, the coolest one. And he's Yeah. Absolutely. And this, you have the first moment where he actually admits that he's in love with her. And I actually really love that moment from Banky where he doesn't, he doesn't continue yelling at me. He's just like, oh no, like this is going to end really badly. And he knows it from that moment because he's in love with her. He knows his friend. He knows what he, he knows he's not going to be able to let this go. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, I think we're this, coming up on the turn, right? This is yeah. So <laughs> oh god, this is kind of like <laughs> yeah. We're about like uh, maybe just a little under halfway through, and um, yeah. So this is kind of where I kind of I mean after this scene is kind of when I, when the movie loses me a little. But mm-hmm. so let me tell you my history with this movie because like sure. in. In college, like I took a screenwriting class, and I um, was like writing, like working on like an outline of a movie about a guy who falls in love with a lesbian. And like this is before I'd even seen this movie, so I didn't even know it existed. And my writing teacher was like, "You need to watch Chasing Amy because that's exactly what your movie is about." Oh no! And I was like, "Oh wow!" 
and like I I went back and read some of that because I still have it and like a lot of it is very cringy but it's definitely not like I definitely did not want them to like date or anything like I was like I knew like she would have like a girlfriend like halfway through and he would like meet someone else and it would actually be about them like being friends oh so you but, actually uh, you actually looked up the definition of the word lesbian and like what that? <laughs> yeah. that's interesting that's an interesting take yeah. <laughs> exactly like but one thing I do really like about this turn, I don't like the turn itself, yeah. but I like that it kind of comes out of nowhere because you have the scene where she's buying the artwork and haggling and she wants to hang it in yeah. his place and all that. And it's all very cute. It's all very cute rom com yeah. stuff. Um, and then like a fucking man, he just like will end up blurting this out. And just like, right. just like no subtlety to the conversation, no... No dancing around it. He just like can't keep his feelings inside because that's what especially straight men are like. Like I just have to I have to yell at you and get all this out. Uh, so I kind of like that. That's the way it's handled. So I don't like the twist, but I do like the way it's actually presented. Yeah, and I, I like how she's like genuinely like surprised by it. Yeah, and because I think that like I mean I feel like that's like so realistic, right? Like we we always hear stories about like guys being like, oh, I was friend zone. Right. And it's just because, like, you know, like, these women are ask, acting like, you know, themselves. And they're being friendly, they're being cute, they're being, like, whatever. And the guys are interpreting it one way. When in reality, yeah. it's just, like, you know, that's what friendship is like. But, you yes. know, you can't, the guys can't see it that way. So, um, but it, it, even this, like, declaration, like, I, I don't really see it as entitled or anything. No, like he's actually no. just saying that, like we can't actually like be near each other because, like, I know I'm not even an option for you. Right. So it's not like he's not like demanding, you know, her or anything. I don't know, but it is right. Like or placing, I just, like, it is placing this emotional labor on her, right? Like he could yeah, have just sure. that in and talk to his other friends about it and like dealt gone yeah, to fucking therapy, like it. dealt with it himself. But instead, he like kind of lays it at her feet. Like, okay, now yeah. you make the decision. Whatever it is, right. that's fine. I will just, I'll cry about it, but it'll be okay. And like, I, I, but I do think it's a really, like, when she leaves the scene, this is where the movie has a choice point. It could go a thousand different directions. And actually, yeah. like, the least imaginative choice is what ends up happening. <laughs> yeah. Cause I like, definitely agree with that. Cause like, where do you go from here if like they're not friends anymore or they have to work this out as friends and figure out how how to get past this. Like, but I'm not sure that Kevin Smith is the writer for that movie. Like, I, I don't know if he's up to that. Challenge, no, I mean, he's not. But, and like, that's not really, you know, to, um, I'm not like, I don't, I don't mean that as an insult. I just mean that like, genuinely, I don't think he has the like emotional intelligence kind yeah. of about, you know, queerness to really write that movie. Yeah, Absolutely. And like a movie, a movie like this, you know, made by like you know, um, like a Celine Sciamma, you know, or yeah. anyone else, like it would just be much more nuanced. Yes, you know, yes. I mean, slightly like, different film. She kind of did make those two. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sure, but like, um, yeah, I just like it would be like a Diablo Cody, you know, like someone like that mm. who's like, yeah. Has that kind of like comic edge and very like Americanness to her? Like, sure. she could probably do a movie like this and make it, you know, like um, interesting and emotionally honest. Yeah, 
but I also really like yeah, Joey Lauren Adams' so- performance in the scene. Like you see, like she's just taking it in, and you could see her get upset. And processing, like you see her yeah. jaw clench, and you know there's little things that she's doing here while he is babbling on and on and on about how wonderful she is. Yeah, that like I, I think also makes the twist a little bit worth it because like you do not see it coming because like her reaction to this sequence of events is what it should be. So then when she turns around yeah. and comes back, it's like wait what? So. So she's really good here. And I love the fact that she's just yeah. like, nope, I don't care that it's raining. I'm out of here. I do not need this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I'm trying not to judge this movie for having this conversation in the rain. Um, because that's such an obvious choice. choice. <laughs> sure, sure. But it's like, you know, again, but these are, these are rom-com tropes, right? The, like, fight yeah. in the rain, the coming back in the rain, like, they work. There's a reason why they work. Like, sure, you could say, like, it's been done a thousand times before, but that's true in in any genre. Like, there are things that, you know, are done over and over again, but usually there's a reason for it. Uh, and I think I think this stuff works. Uh, I just wish it had gone a different direction. I mean, because, like, she's, I mean, even, like, this scene, like, she's saying all the right things. She's like, I can't just do this and throw out my whole world and stuff. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, but then she does. So it's yeah. like, what's even the point? Yeah, <laughs> but I, I do think, uh, you know, to give comes with a little bit of credit, I think, I think it shows some level of nuance here that he's dealing with the fact that within, within a queer community, for her to be with a man... Like, there are consequences to that in your friendships. Yeah. You know, like, things change. Oh, yeah. Her we'll entire get to world that, but... changes, you know? Yeah. I, I like the fact that through the dialogue here, even as over the top as it is, he's actually calling that out and being like, love is not simple. You know, you're not just like, oh, well, now I'm with this person and it's fine. In this new, yeah. ever-changing world that we're in, it's like, no, this changes everything. Yeah. And now we get like maybe the first know, instance but... of sad Ben Affleck walking in the rain uh-huh. that's just become his life as as yeah, he's aged. Yeah, she's the gone girl. Yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> I mean, this is kind of like gone girl, right? Because like she left and then she comes back and she's like, we should be together. Yeah, it's just as good as Gone Girl, Manish. Definitely, that's that's the hill to die I mean, on. Look, I'm just saying, Dave Fincher probably had a copy of this while he was writing. <laughs> oh God, I hope that's true. That about. would be amazing. <laughs> yeah, let's see. Like, yeah. So now is when we kind of get to the. This movie just kind of just. I don't. Know, I don't find you're right in that. Like, I don't really find this turn events interesting because, like. If the whole thing is to make a movie about a guy who's after an unattainable girl, then for him to attain her, so to speak, halfway through, it's like, well, I guess, like, that's why, like, the movie has to go into, like, her whole past thing. There's really, like, There's nowhere to go. Nowhere for this movie to really go. Yeah, I mean, and, if, like, you, I still, it's, yeah. if it was a standard romantic comedy, they'd get together within, like, the first 20, 25 minutes. Right, and yeah. then you have like the relationship build and the fights and blah blah blah. But here, you've taken half the movie for them to hook up, 
Yeah. And now you got to deal with her sexual past, I guess. Who cares? But, like, we're going to go there. And really the more interesting thing is the jealousy of the friendship. Yeah. So here's my question to you. Why is his shirt covered in mustard? Is that... (laughs) I mean, look, I'm not going to kink shame. We've all been there. Uh, No, my, my question is, like... Why did Alyssa have to be gay at all in the first place? Like, what is it? What did that really serve the story? Because if she was just, if it was just like, hey, I'm unattainable because I don't want you, right? Or I'm in or another like, relationship or whatever. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I don't think this changes at all because she could still be, you know, like sexually active and like have a sexual past. I mean, every then the only thing that would really change is that like. Kim from the first, you know, 20 minutes, whatever, would be a guy. And, their, I mean, their sex stories would change a little. But, like, I don't really think that this movie changes that much. Because even, like, the scene in the playground that we liked, I mean, you could act, that you could also, like, take that scene out, right? And Or it could just be I about mean, the, a guy who's attracted to a girl who is way more sexually experienced. Yeah. You know, and she can exactly, talk about yeah. great stuff, but things that are, yeah. you know, off the beaten path and not the norm and not the standard. Like, you could easily do that. I think, yeah. I think where he tries, and we'll get to it, but I think where he tries to, like, put some level of importance on it is at the kind of near the very end uh, with the breakup of the friendship. I think that's where, you know, yeah, I, sure. I think the message is muddled, but we'll definitely get there. Uh, <laughs> this is. <laughs> You know, it's interesting, this scene, though, where he's kind of talking about, like, oh, you're going to you're gonna see some beautiful girl in the mall and both your heads will turn and all that stuff. And it's interesting yeah. for me to watch this as a bi person because, for me, I've been in relationships with bi women and that rules. That's amazing. That's so cool that you can have that conversation and you can both have a sexual drive and be looking at the same person. But he, you know, yeah. looks at it from the very straight white guy perspective where it's like, now I'm jealous. And I'm like, eh, it's fine, actually. We all look. It's not a problem, you know? So the fact that these guys are making such a big deal about this small thing has always been funny to me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, now it's like... uh, Yeah, because you kind of get into, like, kind of old, like, biphobic tropes, right? Absolutely. Of it's like, yeah, it's always going to have to be like some kind of like competition or something. Yeah, but I but. do think I do think this scene is one of those humanizing for Banky because they have that moment where he's like, where Holden's like, well, she's not going to come for the comic, and he's like, you asshole. I was talking about our yeah. friendship. Like this matters to me. Yeah. Everything we built together yeah. as friends matters. It's not about money. It's not about the book. It's about you and me. And it's heartbreaking that like Holden is like discounting all of that. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. That's so this is kind of like the another kind of key scene in the film, right? When the pronoun game. You know, Alyssa's telling her friends about her <laughs> you know, relationship and she's being very careful about this is giving me such triggering flashbacks to when like 
I was in the closet. Oh, yeah. It's really interesting to watch this from that perspective because I think every gay person, every queer person has played the pronoun game, but usually not with other queer people. That's usually where you can finally say he or she or they or whichever, you know, whereas with your family, you have to go like, well, them and they and I'm going to be really vague about this, you know, and – but here, she yeah. has to lie to her friends that before this, she had trusted implicitly with everything. So that's that's rough to watch, for sure. And like, but this is a real thing within the queer community. Like, I've been a party to this, where people have, yeah. you know, like, maybe not admitted that they were bi or pan, but like, they really were. And then they had to kind of, in some ways, kind of go back on their identity and be like, well, that's not actually who I am, I guess. And now I have to admit this to all of you, and it's it's this weird like reverse shaming that happens. Well, I mean, it's biphobia, right? Because yeah. like, you, I mean, I don't even know if these women um, would even consider. I mean, I, and I mean, all of them. I don't think Alyssa would even consider that she's bisexual, or if that's even a word that people were using as like a valid form of expression back then. I mean, right. maybe they were. I don't know. Well, I mean, I think it would be different if she had been open about the fact that she was bisexual, but she is, you know, putting forward this identity of, like, I am a lesbian, I'm only with women. So it makes sense that these other women would have a strong reaction to that, right? Yeah. Like... Yeah, I think the. I mean, I like that scene a lot because of all the things we're talking about. But I also kind of wish that like we we saw those women before and after this. Yes, yeah, you get nothing else. Like because I feel they like they're friends? only just existing. <laughs> yeah, they're existing to prove a point, and that's it. That's... Because it, it it comes across a little like I don't know, um, con- uh, not contrived, but like. Um, like I, I'm not sure how to describe it, but like it comes across a little hollow, I guess. That like you know, Kevin Smith wants to like expose this kind of um, like I guess hypocrisy within the queer community about like someone not being gay enough, or you know, mm-hmm. um, but but only with the characters that we don't see ever again and don't have any real connection to. They're just kind of like mouthpieces for like. You know, biphobic lesbians or biphobic, you know, gay people. You know, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, so, yeah, it's, and but, it's again like maybe yeah. Kevin Smith just doesn't have the range. You know, like he was. Yeah, I respect the fact that he was like trying here. He, I, I do feel like he really thought he had something, uh, <laughs> but he's just not quite there, and that's okay. It's like one of those like, well, that's a good try, Kevin. You're again, your heart was in the right place. Uh, yeah, but. You know, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of nuance that's definitely getting missed. Because even here, she's talking about like, why would I want like have my options to find? It's like, okay, but that's still describing bisexuality, yep. not lesbianism. You know, it's like I don't know. I mean, not I mean, not to get so like label label about this, you know, because we all know it's everything's fluid and no one's sure. one thing, but. Like, it's like she's even, I don't know, it just seems like, it just seems kind of like a cop-out, I guess, because, like, this movie then really isn't really about a, le- a guy who wasn't a lesbian, it's about a guy who's went over a bisexual woman, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah, no, I totally agree with that. Uh, and I think, you know, a lot of the problems in this movie could be a little bit fixed for me 
if, you know, she has that scene where she talks about, you know, I haven't been, you know, friends with a guy in a long time. Like, you could throw yeah. in something in there about, like, you know, I had ex- I had some sexual experience with guys when I was younger, uh, but that's not happening anymore. And this is this is what I'm doing now. Instead of, like, yeah. being this very cut and dry, like, labeled Alyssa is a lesbian. She's only right. been with women. Every story that she tells is about sex with women. Like, they hit that really right. hard because they want to surprise you here. But it ends up feeling ingenuine because of that. Um, yeah. And it feels like a trick, which is not the greatest experience yeah. as an audience member. Yeah. Because, like, even, like, these, like, the scene when, you know, they're kind of being very, like, cutesy and, like, coupley, it's, like, I just find it really hard to believe. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, I know for me, like, I guess, you know, never say never, but, like, I don't ever see myself meeting a girl and being, like, hey, you know, my whole identity is changing. You know? Yeah, that's a lot. But That's... Yeah, now we get into, like, all of her, you know, all of her sexual past. We have, you know, it's, all this stuff with Banky is really, is really kind of interesting to me because, you know, he talks about, like, my, my agenda is to have your back. And this is, like, he thinks he's doing a kind thing for his friend and, like, doing all this research. And it, but it really, like, especially watching it now, man, it comes off as super, super creepy. Like yeah, this predatory. whole like twenty to thirty minute section of him figuring out her entire sexual past is just like, oh guys, like just just move on. It's not that important. Yeah, yeah. Like this scene with um, Kohi or not Kohi, but I guess this is Rick. I guess. <laughs> oh no, that is Kohi. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like. I find that even the way it's filmed is just so like aggressive and yeah, you know, it's just like him with like the language he's using and just like the one shot and just his arms. I find like I like when I was watching this last night, I like had to look away. I was like, I'm so uncomfortable by this. <laughs> no, I'm being genuine. No, I believe you. I believe you. And I also think Rick Darius is another. It's another name that comes up a lot in the in the VSQ movies, like in three or four oh, different really? movies he's mentioned. And this is, you know, another quick stop like reference. So, you know, this is all connected, but only kind of in a way and it's perfect for Kevin Smith, because then he doesn't really have to like keep anything consistent. He's just like, I'm just gonna mention these names and people are gonna be like, Oh, that's amazing. I remember that name yeah. from a movie. Like he's really good at this. <laughs> so yeah, the finger cuffs thing is not uh not great. <laughs> do you do you think that Kevin Feige renamed himself Kevin as an homage to Kevin Smith? Definitely, I think that's certainly what happened. Of a true artist, wow! <laughs> I mean, you know, he was the original mastermind. Clearly, clearly, of shared shared universes. Yes, that's, I mean, but like, kind of, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, um, this, I just keep looking at the background in this room, and it just hurts my heart. I know. <laughs> like, what is that cigarettes thing? Wait, uh, oh, it's a mirror. Um, yeah, and this whole thing is like, okay, like I'm trying to understand like Holden's thing. Is it like again? It's not like he's like defending her honor out of this like sex positive thing of like who cares but like literally i think it's that like he doesn't want 
Binky or anyone to talk about like his girl in that way. Well, it's that, and it's also this thing of like he, I was the only guy. Yeah, you know, like she's yeah, never yeah, yeah. been with another guy. Only me, which is such a like high school virgin thing to do. <laughs> like, yeah, like, really? That's you want to be? You don't want to discover the new world? That's what you want? Okay, like, ugh, Jesus. This is yeah, not like it's really interesting because I think. I think in this moment, Kevin Smith wants you to side with Holden, but like to me, he just doesn't come off great in this. No. Like throughout the whole movie, like it's just oh boy, <laughs> this is rough. But at least Dwight is back. That's really, Yay. that's really the important part. And it's so interesting that I like Dwight so much because this could easily be the one character in the movie because it's such like you know in terms of the way he speaks and the way he acts, very stereotypical. Yeah. But like I think you can tell as he's writing this, like he respects Dwight a lot. He's like kind of like he's the wise one out of everyone. In the movie. Yeah, I mean, Dwight He's the one who is, understands. Yeah. Um, yeah, because, like, Dwight is the one who's, like, unapologetically, like, queer and, like, within the, like, queer space, you know? Yeah, and, like, absolutely. Even though we don't really see him with his, like, gay, gay friends or whatever. But, like, he just, like... He has it, right? Even, like, even Alyssa is, like, still figuring out herself. Yeah, absolutely. In a way. You're right. He's the only one who, like, actually, with his identity, knows who he is and is actually comfortable with yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. And he, I mean, he has that same kind of mocking tone that Alyssa had in that bar scene when he's dealing with these, like, idiotic straight white men. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I think that's actually a really good point, and that's why I think – the second half of the movie can get so rough if you if you really loved Alyssa in the first half because she becomes a totally different person. Like the way she interacts yeah. with the world completely changes where in the beginning she was like, I know who I am. I got this. I'm clever. I'm funny. I'm sexy. I'm all these things. I'm my own person. Yeah. And then it just becomes she just gets kind of folded into the Holden and Alyssa relationship standard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this. I mean, this kind of dialogue, like ugly, is still ugly. Like it does feel a little like lesbophobic or like butchphobic in a way. Oh sure, but it, I don't. But know. it's also very real I mean, it within the feels gay community. Realistic. Like, yeah, is, yeah. I mean, that's still happening right now. Like, I think it's. But it's, like his thing about being a minority within a minority within a minority is like. I mean, I thought that. Yeah, and it's uh, um, it's really interesting to to kind of watch this conversation uh take place uh with dwight in particular because i think sometimes it's easy to be like well we shouldn't say that because that's butch phobic and that's this but like if we just avoid it then it never gets talked about you know like yeah it feels like it's strange the the character who for his work is putting on this face and changing everything is the only real one Really, in the entire film. The only one who I feel like you could pluck out, put in the real world, and be like, yeah, that person actually exists. This kid is so cute. (laughs) It's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) He's a good actor, that kid. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's a great sequence. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I love his reaction after he leaves. Like, look at what I'm doing. This is the worst. Yeah. I mean, Dwight is all about, like, performance, right? Yes. Like, even, like, 
even when he's being like real with his friends, it's still a, somewhat of a performance too. Like oh, you know, yeah. he's like choosing the way he like chooses his words is very you know uh, very deliberate. Yeah, it's purposeful. Yeah, absolutely, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, is this all? That's all. Not on one shot, but it feels like it was. Yeah. yeah, I think. Sorry, I just thought that the, it I think other than the the moment with the kid, most of this, uh, yeah, is kind of. Yeah, this is uh, this is Kevin Smith's Birdman. Like this, <laughs> this uh-huh. two minute sequence. Like I'm just gonna follow them. No the unexpected cuts, virtue no of, <laughs> of, of dating a lesbian. I guess that's <laughs> just awful. <laughs> oh God. Where's Lindsay Duncan? <laughs> uh, okay, so this scene, like, I actually really like this scene, even though it's so frustrating to watch. Um, it's a lot. <laughs> it's really a lot because, like, yeah, there's yeah, but it's so it's really well, um, well done. Because, like, he's being so wormy, and she's, like, being, um, like, will, she's, like, pro- like projecting that she's obtuse to, like, what he's doing, you right. know? And just, like, like, I mean, you are saying, you are saying earlier how, like, Holden really comes across kind of very poorly in this half of the movie because of his very retrograde ideas. And I really feel like this movie, this scene really um, leads into that in a way that I find very risky and brave mm. because like he, this isn't really presented as like him being like righteous about like his quote unquote honor. Like he's being presented in a very like snaky kind of way yep. and very um, infantile mm-hmm. and juvenile. And this sounds shitty, but like, I think Ben Affleck is perfect for this scene yeah like he just so good in gone girl yes absolutely i mean i think if you if you tried to make a movie with ben affleck as a romantic lead where he's just like a pure pure snow romantic lead like i don't think it works like he does kind of have like a a slimy edge to him like that's just who he is you know so you get that and i love that in this moment like coming up where he kind of thinks he's being subtle like he's like talking yeah. about he's talking around it and like yeah it's done for a bit but like everyone knows what you're getting at dude like everyone her face <laughs> is so heartbreaking Ugh. yeah absolutely just like you can just tell you can just see her heartbreaking in real time yeah she's so good uh, here i mean it's like it's yeah. easy to negate a performance like this like not only a comedy but a kevin smith movie and a kevin smith movie where a lesbian ends up being bi and it's all that but like sh- these small moments between the two of them, yeah, she's so fantastic, and I don't think I don't think Affleck has really kind of figured figured it out yet um, as far as being an actor. This is very early in his career, um, so I think she kind of a little bit kind of blows him out of the water. But I think she's also meant mm-hmm. to because she is the yeah. more experienced one. She's been in more relationships, she's had more sexual experiences, so you're getting that also with this with this fight that's happening between the two of them. One thing I want to mention is like how funny it is that she is um, being so aggressive to like the referees, and mm-hmm. like she's the one that's being, being very like macho at the like sports rink, yeah, and again, that lets him, with gender. and that lets like <laughs> yeah, exactly, and and like there are no women in this audience, I don't think, not anyone yeah. near them at least. Yeah, yeah, none that are in the shots. She's the, yeah. 
and um, yeah. Uh, I mean, again, this is like like the rain, though. It's like these two people are like the two athletes are playing, are fighting. Yes, and they're fighting. Not exactly subtle. Like Like, (laughs) this is Kevin Smith's idea of subtext. See, they're fighting, and there's a yeah. There's a, like a real yeah. physical fight and an emotional one. <laughs> okay, I see two women in the audience. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Yeah. It's so rough. It's you know watching this. It's so like. Even though it's like over the top and everything is about sex and blah blah blah, like it is like the reason it works is because of Joey Lauren Adams. Yeah, like she delivers very, all um, these lines like as if you know she's so convincing. Yeah, she's fantastic. You know, I love the fact that like she's basically telling him weird reference to bring up Poirot. That's very strange for Kevin Smith, but yeah, um, I do like the idea that in the scene we just watched with Dwight, he tells her, he tells him. Just ask her if you want to know about her yeah. sexual history. And that's exactly what she says right there. What she says. She's leaving. Yeah. It's like, you could have just asked me. I would have told you. And not but, do it in public. I mean, yes. That's coming up now. Yes. Which is so humiliating. Oh, yeah. I mean, the only weakness of this scene really is not really weakness of this scene, but it's stuff that happened earlier. Like, it's hard to believe her when she says, I would tell you if you just asked me. When she's been like, you know, she's been dishonest. Yeah, she's she's, dis, she's misrepresented herself. Like, why would he think? Why would he think he would have to ask if he had if she had ever been with a man? You know, like so. I think that's that's kind of a weakness of the script in the first half that like comes through here a little bit. So it leaves you in this weird place where you're not. You know, you're definitely more. Yeah. I think attached to her. But there is a moment where you're like, but wait, and, and then you have it in the lines like. Why did you fail to mention this to me? Like, there's a lot that she failed to mention. Yeah. I mean, in some way, like, this movie is very modern because, like, she's not apologetic. And she's like, I sometimes, like, like some of the things that I did out of love, out of stupidity, but they're my choices. And, you know, I mean, I really like that line. Even though I don't like this trope of, like, oh, my God, he's dating the, like, you know suburban slut or whatever i mean i hate that word but like you know like it's a whole thing of like he just ha- he's dating someone who's so experienced and isn't that so bad but like she's really owning it in a way that is maybe not empowering but definitely like not disempowering you know yeah i think you know it's surprisingly has some actually interesting things to say about slut shaming in 1997 yeah. before like that was really a term that was seen as something bad. Cause like, I had never heard that term in 97. I'm sure you didn't yeah. in third grade, No, but, <laughs> but I like the fact that, you know, it turns it on its head a little bit. It's never after this scene, at least it's never a situation where he's like, you're dirty. You're horrible because you yeah. did these things. It's like, I, he like has the self awareness to go like, I feel bad because I'm not on your level and I don't know how to fix that yeah. if we're going to be in a relationship yeah. together, which is still damaged and messed up, but it's not misogynistic at least, which is what you would expect maybe out of a movie like this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, it's, 
a little misogynistic, but not in the way, not like the obvious way. <laughs> sure, sure, yes. Like it's still being like he still has to be like the more experienced one, or like he has or, like he can't like in his mind. I think the power imbalance is too in her favor. She's more sexually experienced, as she owns her sexual curiosity, like the way that she, you know, mentioned just a few few seconds ago. Mm-hmm. Um, because then, like, he's the one that is, uh, like, under, quote-unquote, underneath her. Right. So if he's, like, if just even the scale, then, you know, we can be together. And I think that is, maybe not misogynistic, but definitely sexist. Yes, yes, I'd agree with that, for sure. Um, and, I mean, she's, like, I mean, she admits, though, that, that she does, she wasn't completely honest. Yes, yes. And that, like, he wants—it's like they both want the same thing. Like, he just said he wants to be a normal couple, and that's what she wants. But he can't—it's—he thinks that she can't give it to him because she's so experienced. But actually, he can't give it to her because he's so, like, self-obsessed. Yeah, does that make I, sense? I'm, no, it definitely yeah. makes sense. I, you know, in that scene with the two of them fighting outside the rink, like really, I mean, it really hurts again because she's so good. But I just, like, yeah, kind of laughed at myself because the whole scene, like, I just imagine Kevin Smith's direction to Ben Affleck being like, just stand there and yeah. don't react, just don't do anything. She's yeah, gonna do all yeah. the work here, which is, I mean, the most heartbreaking thing about that scene to me is when he pushes her away. You know, when she yeah. goes to, like, apologize for something she shouldn't yeah. need to apologize for anyway. And he still pushes her away. And it's, you know, it's a kind of fucking straight guy thing to do. It's pretty rough. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then you jump to the real romance of this movie, which is Holden and Banky. <laughs> it's it's uh, well, <laughs> crying on the couch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Apparently just drinking, what is that, vodka, gin? Just <laughs> drinking giant cups of that. Like, ooh. Yeah. And now you have uh, Bill and Ted show up, right? That's uh... yeah, yeah. It's Keanu Reeves and <laughs> who's the other one? Jesus Christ! Alex Winters is the <laughs> okay. Well, sorry, I'm not white. Okay, <laughs> you think I was allowed to watch Bill and Ted? All right, that's a good point. <laughs> that's a solid point. I mean, we weren't allowed to watch The Simpsons or King of the Hill or anything. Oh my god! Or 90210. Well, I wasn't allowed to watch 90210. I was too young. Oh my oh Jesus. You are killing me right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh oh what <laughs> You've got a youthful glow about you. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think about this trope? Like I think this is a trope that has appeared in other things before, not just with Silent Bob, where you have the you know, the character's in this case literally completely silent, but then when he finally opens his mouth, it's like here is all the wisdom in the world that the movie needs. Here is what you should learn about about this relationship. So, what do you what do you think of using that in a movie like this? I mean, it's. I think it can be a good trope, I guess, but it can also be a little hacky sometimes. And like, I for me, this is a little borderline. Mm-hmm. Just because, like, the movie's called Chasing Amy. There's no character named Amy. So, like, of course, that's going to be some kind of, like, important thing. Like, important, like, motif or theme or whatever. And so just having it be, like, from, you know, 
like the silent character. I'm guessing that silent Bob is a quiet one. Yes, good guess. Yes, <laughs> silent Bob. Also okay, look, it could be some like chronic thing where like silent Bob is a chatterbox. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, so I don't know. It, I think I, this scene kind of works, but it's also like. I don't know, it's a little. It's like cutesy, right up against that line. Like it is. Yeah. I, I think. I think Kevin Smith like dances on that line very well because this could be, like you mentioned, really hacky and really over the yeah. top. And I also like that you get like the other side of it, right? Jay is just constantly like, "Oh, girls are bitches," and blah blah. Who cares? And then you have like this heartfelt speech about chasing Amy, you know? And again, it's like, I, sometimes I have this moment where I'll watch movies in general and like you have the title moment and it's always kind of groan inducing. Like sometimes it works and I'm not sure. Yeah. Like, this is like, I mean, literally the speech ends with you're chasing Amy. Like it's very like, Oh yeah. come on, guys. Like, <laughs> but it, it does feel like one of those things Kevin's just like, man, I got this great speech. I just, I got to say it. I got to I got to do it. I got to write this monologue. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. I know. And uh and I love that everyone knows about her. Like <laughs> Jay knows exactly who finger cuffs is. Yeah, but then like yeah, <laughs> even by the name Alyssa Jones, which is not, you know, it's not a unique name. <laughs> no. <laughs> um but then it's also like, well, how come Holden doesn't know who she is. Right. Like, if everyone seems to know her, like, neither he nor Banky knows who she is. She is just from her name and her, you know? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's very much so, like, you got to make a choice. Like, is it a big secret or is it not? Like, <laughs> yeah. And then, like, so, I mean, I went to, like, a small, like, public school. So, like, I wasn't, like, I don't know. I guess I never knew anyone else from other schools enough to be like no heel by reputation. I didn't really have any friends from other schools. Is this realistic? That like there'd be like these like legendary people from other schools that you hear about, right? Right. And you just like know even into your twenties. Like, didn't all this stuff happen like ten years ago? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, who remembers anything from two thousand ten? Like, if you had to tell me something that wasn't, like, a giant national news story in 2010, I would have no idea. Yeah. Like, I'd be like, I don't, I don't know. Like, And this is before Facebook's, you know, see your memories. Yeah, yeah. That would be the only thing. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess that's also, like, a very small town and this very, like, small community. And, like, these people seem like they all, like like stayed after graduating and probably went to college around here you know so maybe it's just like yeah maybe it is a small small world thing yeah yeah Yeah. i mean maybe i'm just spoiled we're spoiled you live in new york i live in california you know the hubs of society maybe in these small towns maybe that's how it works all the way far from you in new jersey maybe that's how it works this is probably far you know probably maybe like an hour to get to where they are by train (laughs) That's far, okay. <laughs> I mean, for I'm city people, that to. is far. For city people, that is far. Okay, look, I have to get on the subway, okay, then go through Penn Station, buy a ticket, wait for the train, then take the train for an hour. I mean, that's like an hour and a half. <laughs> Maybe a two-hour trip, so. Yeah, that's that's far. I think that counts as far. Maybe yeah. That's, yeah, that, that makes sense to me. It's just a lot of effort, too. <laughs> Um, yeah. 
Yeah, I still, yeah, I, I mean, mean I still do, like, you know, having watched all these movies in this universe, like, I, you know, the Jay and Silent Bob stuff, it still works for me. Like, it's childish, the humor is ridiculous and stupid, but, like, it works. And, like, you know, say what you will about Kevin Smith, like, maybe he would not be, like, a great actor in a drama or where he had to do a lot of conversational work, but, like, he's really good. Of course, he wrote it, but he... Not all, not all director actors, director writers rather, can deliver their own monologues really well. But he's yeah. really good here. Like this is a really well delivered monologue. Like I would put him. Yeah. You know, he's certainly a better. I think he's certainly a better actor than like you know we mentioned him before. But Quentin Tarantino. You know, like yeah, Tarantino can't act, especially in his own work. Oh God, no! Absolutely not. He just has to use, you know, he has to take every opportunity to use the N-word because he has an excuse. <laughs> so at least we don't have to deal with that here. Like, there are a couple F-bombs in this movie, but they're like actually important to character growth. It's not just to say it. Uh, so there's a lot more, you know, there's, this, you know, say what you will about Kevin Smith, but there's a lot of empathy in his work. Like, he's not out to, like, make fun of people. He's not out to make people feel small. Even if it is a tiny bit of growth in all of his movies there's some level of growth and kind of opening up of this kind of small world that these characters live in and i think absolutely i think this one tries the hardest and maybe fails the hardest because of that but he is really putting himself out there yeah yeah and i think i mean yeah this movie definitely has the best of intentions and i think it's definitely a movie that's punching up or punching laterally (laughs) You know, definitely. It's not and like so, in a way, like the gay community admirable. or anything like that. Yeah, like, because like the two most you know modern progressive you know characters are Dwight and Melissa. I mean, I guess yeah. even the other lesbians as well. But like, I mean, the two major characters who are the most like re- who have aged the best are the two queer ones. Yeah. Yeah, and I agree with so that. I like, yeah, and I don't, know, I, I don't really mind the use of the f word in this movie because it's like, I, you're right, like it feels realistic for these people to be saying it, and again, they're not saying it because it's we're not meant to think they're like cool with it, you know? Right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, even it's interesting. Even before the white knight moment that we talked about, even when yeah. the f word is dropped before, it is like shocking, and you're like, it's oh, a little cringy. Yeah, God, I don't like that. And so it's never put in this way, like, oh yeah, that dude's cool. You know, he called him that. He yeah. called her this. Like, it is very like shocking. And like, he even says, like, what business is, is it of yours if I call them this in the safety of my own, my own home? He knows right. it's inappropriate to say it outside. Yeah. So I I like that. I like that it's like clear that like this is not who you should emulate. Yeah, I mean yeah. Yeah. No, I totally agree with you. And so like this whole concept of like chasing Amy, like it's the same kind of thing where like he's dating someone who's like more or he was with someone who's like more quote unquote experienced and he couldn't handle that. It's oh, that's such a like weird trope to me. I feel like it's come like comes up like enough. Mm-hmm. Oh no! You know, back know. on the swing set, just sad, sad fleck. Just <laughs> you know, it's almost like this is a junkie interview for Justice League. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. 
Right, it was it was for Justice League that that like Sound of Silence. Yep, that's where it started. Came up. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so here we go. We're at the scene now. Yeah, this big, big climax scene. Um. So, do you think that Banky is in love with Holden? Like, is that your interpretation of the character? Mm, I mean, or has I, some kind of latent queerness? I mean, no. I mean, I think I would probably have said yes when I first saw this movie, but I think there's a certain yeah. amount of romance in every friendship. It doesn't mean you want to fuck them. Like, there's those are two very yeah. different things. Like, when you've been friends for decades and you've shared so much, of course there's going to be something there. But I think the point of this scene is that uh, Holden is a fucking idiot. Like, he yeah. does everything wrong. Like, the fact that he wants to, like, you know, even the score with Alyssa is already messed up. But, yeah, like, right. I love the, for him, like, the craziest thing I could do is have sex with a dude. Like, that is just the most insane thing. But I think the most telling thing about this is that even though I don't think that Banky is actually gay, he would have done it for his friend. Because there's a moment at the end that we'll get to in a second where when she, like, kind of you know, puts the stop to all this. He's as this, Oh, thank God. Cause yeah. he, he would have done it because he loves his friend and he wants the best for him, whatever that means. And, but I don't think yeah. that means that he's gay. Yeah. Maybe there. And like, I think that, um, I also feel like it's very tidy, you know, to make it like, oh, Binky's, like, secretly has some, like, queer feelings for... You know what I mean? Like, it's just too... It's, it's a little too, too clean. Yeah, I agree. And it's a little too, like... Yeah. It just makes... Like, I don't know. I feel like when... Like, as much as I like to queer ship straight characters, like, sometimes, like... I'm like, let, let men be friends with each other and have... Right. And, like, like you were saying, like... Basically, like, friendship is, like, romance without the sex, right? Like, that same right. kind of, like, sharing intimacy, compassion. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, gay kiss, hello. <laughs> yes. um, like, the least sexy gay kiss I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> but, also, like, uh, no consent yeah. at all. Like, what is happening? This is not yeah. appropriate, Holden. Yeah. <laughs> this is not okay. And again, this is another example of Holden, like, thinking he knows everything. And, like, yeah. just coming off like an ass. Like, you need to get yeah. good with it. You're clearly gay. Like, you can't make that decision for another human being. Like, you can't. Yeah. Like, you can question it. You can talk to them about it and explore it with them. But you can't just be like, you know, clearly, uh, because you don't like my girlfriend and you make homophobic jokes, that means you're gay. Not everyone who makes homophobic jokes is gay. Maybe they're just yeah. jerks. They're just homophobic. Like, it's a dangerous stereotype that, like, you know, the lady doth protest too much. Like, this is not, that's not oh always what it is. I hate that stereotype so much. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. they're just terrible people. <laughs> and his whole speech about, like, oh, I figured it out. A calm came over me. Yeah. Like, oh, God. Like, he's Hercule Poirot. <laughs> yes. It is actually, it's interesting. It is a very, like, solving the mystery moment where he brings everyone involved into the room and is like, let me tell you what I have discovered in my detection skills. Like, it's like, no, you're still an idiot. (laughs) Like, you're still...
still the dumb straight white guy in this room. I bet there's a deleted scene of Holden watching Murder on the Orient Express being like, hmm. <laughs> I've got it. <laughs> like, I mean, the thing that's painful about this... He does have this, the facial hair for it. He, he does. I think the thing that's painful Wait. about this is that he is so sure... And to him, it yeah. makes perfect sense. And it's this whole standard, like, dumb guy thing that, like, well, if it makes sense to me, it must be true. And it's like, no, no, there, like, there's other people here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, like, he's basically telling two people who are not attracted to each other that they should have sex. Yeah. Ugh. And it's it's, it's really icky. And I, he's going to look back on this night, you know, in 20 years and be like, wow, this is when, like, two of the most significant relationships in my life completely crumble. Yeah. Because I, I, mean, really, yeah. I couldn't deal with a woman who had sex more than me. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, oh, come on, man. <laughs> like, I love that his first reaction isn't to be like, well, let me explore sexuality with my girlfriend. Let's try yeah. different things or let's, you know, have an open relationship or anything like, no, no, let's just fuck my friend. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no communication. It seems like they hadn't even talked since the hockey rink. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't know why she even showed up. Very like, like why? I mean, yeah. <laughs> because she's amazing. She's the perfect woman. It's true. It's true. But even like her posture, like this is not like she showed up out of some kind of twisted obligation, not because she was genuinely. I think she's already over the relationship, and she knows that like when she leaves here, that's going to be the end of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I love it's the 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 person who's the most sexually experienced that's like no, and he's such yeah. a dick that he's like, I thought you you'd want this. Like what? Why? Yeah. Because he wasn't even listening to what she was saying in the hockey rink. Yeah. And it's the, the ultimate, like, backwards idea of consent, right? It's this idea that, yeah. like, well, you did it once. Why wouldn't you yeah, do it exactly. again? It's like, no, no, just because someone and, said yes yeah. to something once doesn't mean they have to do it every night for the rest of their lives. Like, just because you had a threesome right. with two guys in high school doesn't mean you're always looking for your next threesome. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they could be just no, that exactly. moment in time, yeah. man. Because he said that, like, at the hockey room, we kind of skipped over this, like, piece of dialogue, but he was like, they used you. And she's like, no, I used them for my right. own curiosity. Yep. And right now he's using her and she's not letting him. Yeah. And good for her. And she's, like, she, owns, she owns herself. It's interesting. I remember the first time I watched this, as this is happening, I'm like, oh, please, no, don't do this. Like, this doesn't yeah. make any sense. So I'm so happy, even watching it now, that she stands up for herself and is like, no, 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 we're not doing this. And this whole speech of, like, all the bad ramifications of it, like, it's so amazingly perceptive of her yep. to, like, see all this. And I feel like she probably has experienced this before. Right. Maybe then, not this exact scenario, but something very similar. Yeah, and that's why if you're, like, if you're going to be in a relationship and explore these things, like, this is why these conversations have to take place ahead of time and not when you're like, yeah. we're going to fuck tonight, so let's do it. <laughs> and, like, wait, wait, no, there's all these, like, 1900 variables that you haven't thought of because yeah. you've never had anything but straight vanilla sex. Like, you, you've you never explored, yeah. so you don't know how dangerous this can be and how many emotions there are, how many feelings can be hurt. 
And again, like she's so phenomenal in this scene. Like she's so great. Like in a movie full of like ridiculous moments, like every moment she's like as an actor, like in complete control yeah. of the emotion of the moment. Yeah. And it's really, it's Absolutely. really impressive. She should have gotten that Oscar nomination. Yeah. The more I watch this, the more I'm like, yeah, she really, she should have gotten some awards for this because like yeah. in a movie like this to like stand out that much, it's pretty impressive. Um, yeah, and, uh, okay, let's say they had gone through with this. Banky would have topped Holden, right? Like, that's what's happening. (laughs) Hmm, that's a good question. I mean, it's interesting that you say that, because I think the movie is trying to make Holden out to be the top in this scenario. Where he's telling everyone Mm. what to do, and he's setting everything up. But I kind of think you're right. I kind of because I think you know if anyone's gay in this scenario out of out of the two of them, I, I think it's definitely Holden. Like I think Becky is just yeah. kind of along for the ride. He's being having real bottom energy right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in a movie about supposedly a lesbian uh, who quote unquote becomes straight or ends up in a relationship with a man, um, I think uh, Ben Affleck may be the gayest person in this movie. Just yeah, <laughs> pretty impressive, and I don't want that to come across like shaming of people who are you know bisexual who are in relationships with an opposite sex partner. You are still bisexual. You are still valid. You are still real. But yeah, in this sure. circumstance, no, it is set up yeah. like she is a lesbian, yeah. and then everything changes. Just want to make that clear. Yeah. I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> and I love how Where shocked he is when she leaves. Like it. Nowhere yeah. in in his mind did he think this was not going to work. Like the supreme confidence yeah. of the white straight man. Like just this is definitely going to happen. And like, nope, you are alone now. So you're going to have and to deal not with getting that. any not getting any dick or any. I mean, he should go hit up uh, any hit up Banky. It might happen. I mean, I mean, honestly, <laughs> I remember being shocked by this one year later. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I. I either thought the movie was going to end there or they were going to try and wrap things up in present day. What do you think of yeah, the way this wraps up where of... you don't have you don't have really a solution? You have a little moment where they see each other, but like you don't get a real resolution. Yeah, um in some ways it feels a little uh more mature to not really have a tidy resolution. Mm-hmm. But these are just relationships that devolved because of, you know, what mistakes being made and incompatibility or whatever you want to call it. Uh, it also just seems like this these two guys, like, outgrew each other in a way. You know, like, yeah. they seem like they've been friends since they were, like, kids, I guess, or at least high school. You know, they've had a working and, you know, French, like, like a friendly relationship it just ended because that's how things go yeah what do you think i mean i mean i think mainly that works um i think it's more interesting to look at a relationship that doesn't end because of some dramatic event because i think that's what we're meant to think right like they had this fight about that and then you know yeah Banky moved out and that was it. Uh, and I think it would have been interesting to see what happens after that day. 
But instead, we yeah. get this like time jump, which is, you know, it's a way to avoid the messiness of intimate relationships going horribly wrong. Um, and I kind of wish we would have got to see how these two split. You know, did he just leave the next day? Yeah. Or were there more fights after that or a discussion or, you know, like, because they had a comic but book together. But don't you think their friendship is already deteriorating long before that? I kind of felt like Alyssa's intern into a life was beginning and that was just the culmination of it. Uh, no, I think it was more like that was the stressor. Because, like, before before the relationship with her starts, they're totally fine. Everything's good. Yeah. You know? So it doesn't... No, no. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, she... Like, her being in this... Her entering their friendship is what... Like, that... It had already started when they first met her. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then just because, like, he was being such a jerk to... Because, like, we don't really get much of Banky's kind of interior life, you know? No. No. (laughs) And he never really expresses his frustrations with Holden much, which I think seems realistic for the character because, like, um, like he doesn't seem the type to like have much have much to do with like expressing feelings and stuff. Um, I like how she looks at this comic book but does not even look up once to see him put it there. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> like, like, it's a weird non-social thing to do. <laughs> and i get it that it's really like so you you yeah. have that moment where she looks up and they connect but like it's a yeah. weird it's a weird interaction for sure what do you think of her new look i mean i think it's only done so you can tell that time has passed uh i think it's yeah. a it's a, let me it's a step in the wrong direction i think it's what I, will say. <laughs> I was gonna say she looks great <laughs> She looks very nineties right now. Oh yeah, she see this is your weird love affair with the nineties coming out. This is I love the nineties so much. <laughs> You're like a VH1 show. What are you? I love the nineties. <laughs> oh, my I God. love landlines. I love answering machines. I love video That's stores. You didn't have to deal with them. <laughs> That's true. Oh my God. It's also a weird move to like I'm gonna make a comic about our life without your consent and then just drop it on you. Like you could have said and that. Use her, like, and her like I don't understand why the name wasn't Amy in the comic book. Like why is it Alyssa? Then it's like obviously her. It looks just like her in the picture and she's well, like a famous person too. I mean, unless like there's a there's a drawing in the comic book about his discussion with with uh with Silent Bob. Like maybe like just like this. I mean, but you know, you could you, you don't have to like you could have popped that in the mail, dude. You didn't have to like hand. He doesn't have to it. transcribe every interaction in his life into this comic book. A little weird. Take some license. It's a strange choice for sure. Um, but in some ways, like it shows that he's like learned. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, that's the point. Is you have this kind of full arc where he's learned his lesson and he, he doesn't have to quote unquote get the girl. He could just like. Here, I learned my lesson. I made mistakes. Here you go. And you can... And this is the one time he's actually used consent here, where it's like, you can contact me if you want. My number is there. I'm going to go. He's not pressuring yeah. her. He's not being a jerk about it. He's just being like a kind, empathetic human being. Sorry, I'm still laughing at her not looking up. <laughs> 
looks incredible. <laughs> like, <laughs> but, oh. um, this is such a great ending line. I mean, this whole ending, I really like. Like this last few minutes. It is really like, a shame about that. Like, there's like 40 yeah. minutes in this movie where it goes all sorts of wrong directions. But like the first hour is so good. And then the ending is this so last good. Yeah. Like just uh, it's kind of a shame. But it's still it's still yeah. a movie even though I have problems with it. It's not like I watch it and it's like a slog. Like it's still an enjoyable watch. Like even though I've seen it a bunch of times. But Yeah. So. No, I agree. It's definitely actually like the more that I think about it, the more that it feels a lot more like progressive than I gave it credit for. I mean, it's definitely very dated now. Because, <laughs> you heard it like, here first. Manish be- says chasing Amy <laughs> is a progressive classic. Unproblematic. <laughs> feminist triumphs. <laughs> queer triumph. Lesbians everywhere should That's, watch it. Oh, no, God. but like, I, I, <laughs> God, <laughs> this is what's going to be what, what ends me, right? Yes. Um, but no, but I mean, like, um, what I mean is that, like, I definitely feel like, um, oh my God, the, that cool woman from the bar was Guinevere Turner who wrote, uh, American Psycho. Oh, that's awesome. I just saw that in the credits. No, huh. no wonder I'm so obsessed with her. She's like my fave. <laughs> uh, I've never seen what she looks like, apparently. And now you know. <laughs> hey, there we go. Uh, no, but I, I mean, I, I definitely can give me credit for trying something and for being very earnest. Yes, definitely. You know? Yes. He's Kevin um, very I think hard in this movie, for sure. Yeah, and I, you know, as much as I hate to give any white man any credit <laughs> anywhere, any time. Except me. Uh, yeah. I do give him credit for, you know, <laughs> looking outside his own you know doorstep. And yes. You know, making the characters that relate to him the most, the least sympathetic, yes. and the most kind of in the quote unquote wrong. Definitely. I mean, that, I mean, that does take some some kind of courage. So yeah, I think, yeah, as much as I was dreading doing this movie for this commentary, <laughs> I definitely find that there's some value in it, even oh. as a time capsule for the amazing decade that was the nineties. <laughs> that was the nineties. Yes, absolutely. Clinton era. <sighs> Yeah, but I think this went pretty well. I think we handled it okay. First time doing a director's commentary. Uh, I don't know. Maybe your yeah. your uh, super fans will tell me uh, how how great or how terrible I was at this, and maybe we'll do this again. Oh, Dave, that's everything. <laughs> that's true. No, I mean, I'm really <laughs> glad that we did this. I mean, you and I especially, since we are like, you know, we have our queer cinema podcasts. Oh, you that's know. right. Nice little tie-in there to queer and now, <laughs> which is synergy, uh, corporate our, synergy. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I mean, so if you want to, uh, if anyone's still listening, if you want to plug, you know, where people can find you. Yeah, sure. Online. Obviously, I'm all over Twitter. Um, Dave A. Giannini, G-I-A-N-N-I-N-I. And of course, my many, many podcasts of Queer and Now pod on Twitter uh, with Manish. And then I have another one called A Podcast Directed By, where you can follow me at Directed By Pod. So follow me on Twitter and listen to all my podcasts. You have nothing better to do because we're in a quarantine. So no more excuses. Listen to me many hours a day. It'll make your life better, I swear. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> if any of my listeners are not social distancing, you can just unsubscribe. <laughs> right. Do uh, the no, right thing. Subscribe. Do the right thing. Please go outside and listen to podcasts. <laughs> uh, no, but um, yeah, no, Dave, thank you so much. And listeners, you know, I hope you enjoy this commentary. I definitely want to do more while we're all kind of stuck in this um, 
pandemic and I hope everyone is staying safe and staying healthy. Wash your hands, use sanitizer, use Clorox wipes. And uh, Dave, thanks again. And I hope you guys enjoyed our commentary of Chasing Amy. Good night. Come make me-